I'm Detective Bernie Jacobs. I, in conjunction with my partner, Detective Jim McHugh, are the crime prevention coordinators for the New York City Transit Police Department. Graffiti, as the name itself, is not an art. Graffiti is the application of a medium to a surface. I will show you graffiti, such as the letters on the end of that car directly in back of me. Is that an art form? I don't know. I'm not an art cr critic. But I can sure as hell tell you that that's a crime. Welcome to Generation Lost, the show about movies with Bryn and Jeremy. That's right. We're here. We're all warmed up. We we're, are. We're loose. loose. We're limber. <laughs> we're, we're a little buzzed. I'm actually drinking a beer this episode. You're drinking a beer. I don't usually do that. Like a fucking adult. Like a <laughs> yeah, I'm fucking adulting on this episode. Fucking adulting. I'm doing some... Uh, writing a medium uh, post yeah there we go <laughs> <laughs> i'm writing about how i can have a beer when i want and that's okay yeah Not it's a, called adulting right it's actually about me assuaging my guilt of like my abusive mother or something yeah exactly i d usually don't drink beer because it reminds me of abuse <laughs> <laughs> of all the abuse i suffered <laughs> as a child um but yeah today i'm drinking a beer and uh we're feeling good Feeling really good. I uh, we ended the bonus episode on some very strong laughs, which is always a good way to come into the regular episode. Right. I feel like so. If you didn't hear that, why don't right up? Top why don't you fucking pay us <laughs> for our labor? <laughs> why don't right up top? Go to Patreon.com/slash/GenerationLoss. Why don't you be a Patreon now? Yeah, get, get some bonus episodes. They're very funny. They're I think they're pretty funny. I think they're usually funnier than the regular episode, to be perfectly that's, honest. That's absolutely that's, true. On a general level, they're much funnier than the regular we episode. We are mostly we're, just riffing. Yeah, because it's it's really, it's like genie, you know, like uh, cuffs coming off at the end of the movie <laughs> sort of time where it's like, you know, we, we're, we're unencumbered by... Um, topics. Topics and like the, the publicity of, 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 you know, of the show. Yeah, um, our <laughs> our huge public facing platform. Yeah, uh, we're we're much That's more been comfortable. Pretty much exactly the same size since the day we started. It. <laughs> I think it's a very slow slope up. <laughs> One day we'll get to the top. It's very funny that we started this show and we were both just like, "Oh wow!" Like a lot of people came over from the other shows, yeah. and then it's like been the exact same number <laughs> of people. <laughs> <laughs> thanks guys we really appreciate yeah, really, it really thanks for sticking around with yeah, us no. but it's very funny that we've gained no new people <laughs> <laughs> i feel like we had a bunch of guests uh -huh. and then we just kind of stopped it's hard it's hard in covid too it is hard in covid but it's also hard when you just like don't really have the motivation to do it <laughs> which is never but also most of our show has been during covid yes like, that's we true did, i think what three months with pre yeah and then uh yeah and then it hit and so it's really annoying to have guests on over skype and yeah squad it's, no guests. it's no fun it's no fun no we don't fun. like it i think we should have more bonus guests mm. to just like riff and be that's funny. much more fun really it's i because I, I don't want to hear other people's opinions 
Yeah, I often <laughs> fantasize about like switching the show around where like oh really where like the movie news is the regular show and <laughs> and the show and the reviews the are reviews the are the bonus episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I often wonder like what would happen to the show if we did that. That's confusing. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Is the thing. It doesn't make no a, a lick of sense. I feel to like do it that I way. feel like a lot of people would be very confused about yeah. what they were listening to and be like, wait, I have to pay for the review. That's all I'm here for. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. I have no idea. You gotta wonder, though. All right. Well, let's let's talk about that af- offline. Um, what did uh, you watch this week? So, thank you for asking. Of course, you're welcome. I um, I watched the HBO series, uh, The White Lotus. The White Lotus, which yes. you've been talking about since last week. Yes, I w- I had started watching it last week. I finished watching it over this week, and I gotta say, I was really not expecting a lot. Um, because it kind of starts off a little whatever. um, And a lot of people I'd spoken to about it had kind of expressed mixed things about it. I think it's great. Okay. I think it's really, really good. Now, I want to say HBO was, I think a lot of people's, and mine included, first foray into like, wow, TV can be really good Mm -hmm. and have really interesting stories with things like Deadwood and Carnival and Six Feet Under. Six Feet Under, The Um, Sopranos. Of course, The Sopranos and The Wire, which are Sopranos. Love it. My favorite show. Wow. Uh, (laughs) What a masterpiece. Um, But there was a certain sense that they kind of like got up so far up their own ass that they just stopped putting out good shows. Or they do. No, they've always put out good shows, but like they also put out a lot of stuff that's like it's sort of like the way that a24 is starting to become now where there's like a Uh vibe where you're like this is an a24 ass movie but hbo kind of has a vibe where it's like this is like an hbo ass show it felt like at a certain point like when ballers happened oh sure well there's that side of hbo which again i have seen all of and Uh enjoy (laughs) not a good show but a very fun show to watch. Yeah, well, there's but, always been that side of it. There's been, like, Entourage and yeah, Ballers yeah, yeah. and whatever. But there's always been, like, the, the good side of it has consistently put out something good for every year. Okay. I'd say there's never been a year of HBO where there hasn't been something where I've been like, fuck, good really show. Good. Okay. Um, because in my, my mind, for the past couple of years, there's been Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. and then there has been white people in a beachfront house. And I don't know what those shows are, but like Pretty Little Liars and yeah, yeah, yeah. Big Things or yeah, some big, other thing. Yeah, uh, Big... Um, something big. And then uh, then this. It all looks like the oh, same Oh, Big Little show. Lies is what you're thinking then of. What's, what is the Pretty Little... Pretty Lies? Little Liars is the, the private school show. Is that, a, is that not HBO? I don't know. Okay. Well, it just anyway. seems like all prestige TV has been like Nicole Kidman looking out of the beach or something. Oh, and sure. I, like, I don't know what I'm looking at. That this stuff is, is what I would say as like the HBO ass bullshit where it's like you watch it and you're just like, all right, this is fine. It's like scratching the itch, but it's not exactly like great work. Yeah. But like um, I would say like in the last two years, Succession is a really good show. That's good. Succession is extremely enjoyable. Okay. Um, I don't I know would, who to trust anymore because I most people, highly, well, we have a show together. I know I trust you. <laughs> I would highly recommend. You know what's it. funny is we, I was thinking the other day is like when when it's a movie that we pick like the the movie that the sh- episode is called, mm. or however you say the main movie, the main thing. Uh, yeah, whatever. I don't know if we've ever completely disagreed. Mm-hmm. Has there been one episode where we've been like I recommend it wholeheartedly, and you're like this sucks, or vice versa? I feel like there must have been. It's it's pretty rare. 
at the very least, we always find like some amount of common ground at least. But um, yeah. So I'd say Succession is fantastic. Very, very worth watching. Um, and I would say White Lotus, best thing they've done in years. Really? Yeah. Uh, okay. Really good. What's um, it about? So it is. A, I know nothing. It's about, about it. a. Um, it's like a resort in Hawaii that's called the White Lotus, and it's like a luxury resort situation where um, we're kind of introduced to it at the beginning. So the beginning of the show is it's this dude who's like looking out at an airplane. Uh, and these people are like, oh, you coming home from vacation? And he's like, yeah, I was on my honeymoon. And they're like, oh, wow, where did you stay? And he's like, the White Lotus. They're like, wow, did somebody get fucking murdered there? And he's like, yeah, somebody died. They're actually loading the body onto our plane right now. That's what I'm <laughs> looking at. And you see like this, you know, this like coffin thing go onto yeah. the plane. And they're like, so where's your where's your wife? And he's like, can you fucking leave me alone, please? And then it, like, dead. it cuts like two weeks earlier. And so the whole thing is like starting off from that point of just like, you know, somebody's going to die by the end of it. And okay. you know, this guy's not going to have his wife by the end of it. And that's the only things, you know, <laughs> but you know that that's where it's leading. Right? Okay. And um, you start off with like uh, the staff of the hotel and the, the manager of the hotel is explaining to the staff. He's got like a new person there for the day. And he's like, listen, here's the fucking thing is like you are like the idea is you are to be an anonymous helper who is always available, who's always helpful, but is generic enough to be forgotten the moment you leave. Like that's kind of the philosophy of our service here is that you're always helpful, but you're completely forgettable. And that's it. Okay. And and uh, basically, so so the, the, there's four sets of people that you follow in the show, right? It's it's, it's an ensemble show. Yeah. It's the the couple on their honeymoon. There's a family who are kind of like at odds with each other all the time. And there's a drunk woman who has her mom's ashes that she's trying to get rid of, that she's trying to like spread uh, in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> she's to put them down a drain somewhere. Yeah. Well, but that's the thing is like, so sometimes she's like trying to spread them gracefully. And sometimes she's just like, I hate my mother. I just want to fucking get rid of these. <laughs> um, and then there's the staff of the hotel, right? And okay. the staff of the hotel are fascinating. The, the, the manager, especially he has this like very like early John Cleese sort of vibe to him. That's like very enjoyable. He's got this like goofy, like sort of fun physical comedy that he's capable of. Is it a funny show? Sometimes, but, and it, but it's sometimes like very a, dramatic. Sometimes okay. it, it kind of like goes in a lot of different directions. It's mostly funny. If though, you had I would to say. compare the tone to another prestige television show, mm. is there something close? None that you've seen. What do you? Oh, it's Sopranos. I would say it's tonally, in terms of like the way that it can move between drama and and comedy. I would say it's like The Sopranos, and I'd say it's like Succession. Um, okay. So, I yeah. Think so basically, under is like. I just like don't that. remember it as well. Yeah. Um, but so basically, like you're following these these groups of people as they kind of like intertwine and interact with each other, and like because you're all in a resort, so like people are bumping into each other constantly. The, the whole stories, season. yeah. Okay. Uh, the stories are always constantly bumping into each other and stuff. And basically what's happening is like the couple is like a, like a lower middle class woman who's married an extremely wealthy like heir to a, uh, uh, to a publishing fortune. Right. And he is like kind of like shepherding her into the life of the rich. And she's like uncomfortable with like that lifestyle. And she's like, not sure if she's made the right choice marrying this guy. Mm. It's kind of been like a whirlwind experience. And he has this like grudge against the manager of the hotel because they booked him in a, 
in a different room that he paid for but he's in a room that he didn't pay for and he's like i paid for that room and he's like yeah but the room you're in is better and he's like but i paid for that room (laughs) and anyways it's it's all these different like extremely like i don't know i don't want to like ruin too much of the plot because i really 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 recommend watching it um but basically what it is is it's it's all kind of like this bubble story about class and it's one of the sure. best representations of class I've ever seen on TV because wow. it doesn't, it, it makes you think that it's going to get bogged down in, in like making it intersectional and it makes it intersectional in a way that no other TV show I've ever seen does okay. where like high praise they, they, they like there's a character who's on vacation with the family, right? And she's like a friend of the daughter of the family. And the two of them go to like some, you know, private liberal arts college. And they're both like super into like social justice. And they're both super woke. And they're like constantly tormenting the white parents as like rich white parents and being like, you guys and you're fucking white, whatever. And like, but she's a person of color, the friend. And so there's kind of like a subplot of her kind of like feeling weird about being on vacation at this extremely Mm. wealthy resort and like being around all these white people. And she kind of starts hooking up with this Hawaiian native kid and the two of them are having this romance together and she's like exploring like her place as a person of color in this resort with him as this sort of like conduit for it and like... I again I don't want to ruin too much of the plot <laughs> but basically she ends up having this like major reckoning towards the end of the series mm-hmm. where like you think the whole time that they're trying to set this up as like as like a story about whiteness but then there's a moment that happens at the end where you're like oh it's about class yeah yeah because Way she more. does something <laughs> that is like so much more heinous than anything that you see any of the white people on the show do <laughs> and you're like oh my fucking god you guys did a you did a twisty you, you did, did a fucking twisty <laughs> and i gotcha. didn't see it coming and it's really it's a very special show now how many twisties are there like is there a couple of them besides that one it's not a twisty like a plot twist i'm saying it's it's a twisty, like it's a theme yeah, twist, yeah, yeah, that's what which I, mean. I don't think I've ever seen. <laughs> where like they're like but leading you to think does it's that a happen theme. with a lot of the characters where it's like no, okay, no, no, no. It's I'd say it's mostly pretty straightforward. That's the one time where something twists and you're like, the show's about something else. Is it over? It's a so they're doing. Is there like, a season two? There is going to be a season two, but it's a different story. Like the idea is that they're it's like a one season one story thing. So this is this one is this and then the next one's gonna be at a different white lotus property in a different country oh and that's the idea is like each of these are going to be these like bottle stories that happen at different branches of this how many episodes is it it's like six so is it just like oh like a day a day an episode uh roughly is it like yeah i mean like maybe like a a day and a half yeah but this is like a week people are staying there yeah a week two weeks something like that um yeah, very, but I'd say just like one of the most overall enjoyable shows I've seen on, on HBO in a while. Wow. And one of the, like, one of the critiques that I've seen of it is that it's the story about class, but it focuses exclusively on the wealthy patrons of this hotel and That's not as much about the, so. That's what I've heard. Yeah, so this is, this is like the main critique of it. It's a rich people problems show, but I've 
feel like that seems reductive. <laughs> it's reductive and and is I think fully missing the point of the show. Mm-hmm. And like kind of like like not willfully because I think people are doing it by accident because you're so trained to see things a certain way. But like basically so there's a character who something very bad happens to. Okay. And when the something very bad happens to them, it's brushed aside in a second and you never hear about them again and they just disappear. And that's intentional. Right. And so is the fact that like the first episode has a woman who is pregnant and giving birth at the hotel because she can't take a day off of work because she needs Mm. the job. And she has the baby at the hotel and then she disappears and we never see her again <laughs> and there's a reason for all this and it's because of it sounds like literally in the dialogue they explained it in the first you, episode it's, it's what it's, you just said yeah it's you're supposed to be a forgettable <laughs> helper at this yeah. hotel the idea is that we as the viewer are part of the like we're part of the the people who stay at the hotel we are not the workers of the hotel right. <laughs> you're not the worker yeah and so like the fact that like all of these horrific life-changing things that happen to the people who work at the hotel are brushed aside and and then reframed as like things that happened on somebody's vacation. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like that's really interesting. Yeah. It's it's a, I really 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 liked it. Right, and I, I think like at the very least the performance of the main uh the the manager of the hotel just worth the price of admission alone. Do you Wor- think he'll worth be the back 6 for hours. The second season? No. It'll be different guy. He can't be. Okay. Well, sounds interesting. Yeah, very 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 good. Cool. What did you watch this week? This week I watched something uh, very completely by accident. Uh, My friend. Okay. So my friend has been getting into just like watching everything she's watching right now is movies from the Mm seventies for whatever reason. She's just like super interested. She watched. um, What is that fucking movie? The eyes of Vera Mars or whatever. Okay. Um, That doesn't sound right. The eyes of something. Um, she told me to watch that. I watched the trailer. It looks great. I haven't watched it yet. But she, her and her boyfriend came over yesterday to help me with the basement. Yeah. Um, and uh, she, uh, Austin said, you know, Allison has been wanting to see the the Warriors, Ooh. which she's never seen before. And I said, I've never seen that either. You'd never seen it before? So we watched the Warriors. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> I fucking love the Warriors. I had never seen the Warriors. It's so um, it's like not a good movie, but I really love it. <laughs> that is basically my take on it. Yeah. Um so the Warriors begins. Uh and what a good movie to have watched this I week. I know, too. that's the thing. I was like I was watching it, I was like, wow, this is such a so related to Style Wars. Oh, and I know exactly what song I'm putting at the end of this too. <laughs> yeah. Is it the ending sequence that they wrote for the movie? No, no, no. There's a oh. there's a Mountain Goats song about the Warriors. That's oh, very okay. good. Well, I had never seen that movie. Um I don't remember the year. It's a 70s movie. Yeah, it yeah. takes place entirely in New York. And if you haven't seen the movie, what happens is <laughs> it's a fictional universe where New York has hundreds of different gangs yeah. who are all theater kids who all dress exactly the same and paint their face or whatever. So I would say and it's not it's not a realistic portrayal of gangs no. in New York, but... 
what I will say is that there was a time where like themed gangs, yeah, seventies like, gangs were themed and they were like a lot goofier than you know modern gangs. <laughs> yeah, I mean like, you know, even in L.A. in the nineties, I remember there was like you know you had your colors, you know, well, the you colors had- are one thing, but I mean like you know for example like the Ramones styled themselves after gangs like right. their idea was they wanted to look like a boy gang like that was yeah. the thing that used to happen was there would be like you know gangs of little street boys that are like you know 10 12 years old who yeah. wear matching outfits and they're a gang <laughs> <laughs> yeah well that was what was so confusing about this movie is that it doesn't really explain what gangs do or how they function mm-hmm. um it's just guys who dress the same yes um let's let's run through some of these gangs (laughs) so we've got first of all we got the warriors uh they dress kind of like native americans a little mostly they just have vests yeah um cool vests the black guys in the warriors have native american stuff and basically no one else does yeah the vest is kind of like reminiscent of like a western sort of thing Yeah. yeah They're called the Warriors. And then there are the orphans who just wear green shirts. Mm-hmm. There are the baseball guys. I wouldn't remember. Oh, their yeah. Name. So, 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 I mean, like our main ones that we follow are the oh. Warriors. And, and then there's the, the rival gang out in Coney Island with the guy from Twin Peaks. The Rogues? Um, the Rogues. And, the, and, the, and they're just yeah. like a, also kind of like Is a regular looking gang. But then you encounter ones throughout the film yeah. who are just like ever more strange there's like the baseball dandies who <laughs> dandies, are like yeah. th- they have like painted faces and they were baseball they're outfits. my favorite there's like ones who are on roller skates there's mm-hmm. like and all they're, sorts they're wearing of overalls and polos yeah, yeah yeah um i love the riffs who are just the black panthers uh-huh um let's see who else is there there's some really silly ones um oh, so but the movie begins with they're in the bronx there they had to so so there's like in the opening credits, there's like a lot of information given to you right at once, which is this guy has called nine representatives of ev- of a hundred street gangs to come to the Bronx. To Van Cortland Park. To Van Cortland Park to have a meeting. No guns, no weapons. Everybody come not on no one's turf, I guess, um, to talk about something. And he basically proposes that there's enough of them to kill every cop. (laughs) And I was like, say, (laughs) uh, what is this movie about? Like, I literally didn't know anything about the Mm -hmm. movie. I was, I knew it was about gangs and I knew it took place in New York and that's all. You like the warriors come out and play. Yeah. Yeah. The fucking, um, clinky bottle thing. What is his name? Jerry, Jerry Horn. Yeah, whatever. The guy from Twin, Twin Peaks. Peaks. <laughs> Jerry Horn is like saying, Warriors, come out and play. Which is a, in a weird place in the movie. I didn't think it would be like yeah, the climax yeah. of the film. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he... Um, basically, this guy, Claro, I think is his name. Um, he comes and says... He's basically Fred Hampton. Yeah. He's basically like, look, we're all fighting for our fucking 10 feet of turf. Yeah. It's bullshit. We don't own anything. Yeah, we should all turn on the cops. We should all... Can you dig it? Yeah, can you dig it? He says it all the time. Yeah, he says Can it all the time. Can you dig it? And then uh, basically everyone is like, hell yeah, dude. That sounds like a great plan. Yeah. And then Jerry Horn just decides to shoot him in the chest for no reason. Yep. Um, I can't remember what that guy's name. Rat. He looks like a rat. He's awful. Um, and then he turns and says, it was the Warriors. I saw them. And then Windows from the Thing 
whose name is Fox in this movie. Yeah. He sees that Jerry Horn killed him and he's the only one who saw it. And so everyone scatters, the cops come, and now the Warriors are from Coney Island. And so the Warriors, these nine guys, they are trying to get back home, trying to run from the cops, trying to run all the way to Coney Island. They don't have never, they've never left Coney Island, it seems. Yeah. <laughs> There's like multiple lines. <laughs> or they lines. haven't gone that far, at they least. They definitely haven't gone that far. But they're like, Coney Island must be 100 miles from here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 10. Um, you could feasibly walk, but the trains are running. Yeah. And so they know they need to get to Union Square and then change trains to the R <laughs> and take it all the way to Coney Island. Or <laughs> Um, and so that's the movie. It's it's, a it's whole, literally just get back to Coney Island. It's a whole night of them running on the train from the Bronx to Coney Island. Yeah. They get stopped multiple times. Basically, halfway through the movie, they realize that they're being blamed for the death of this guy. They don't know why the gangs are fucking with them. They just know they have to cross territories. Right. And not every gang got invited. Like smaller gangs like the first one of the first gangs they meet is the orphans mm-hmm. and they're just like sh- a shitty gang that doesn't have any clout and they're just wearing green shirts that's that are clearly spray painted with the word <laughs> orphans on it and they meet this insane bitch who's just like how about we all kill each other <laughs> <laughs> and they're like what no stop what are you doing and like uh basically convinces the orphans to be like well if you don't if you don't take off your colors, we'll kill you. And they're like, fuck you. We're never going to do that. You pussies. And then they get in a fight. So they're, they, they, they think that the people are just mad at them for, for crossing their territory. But, um, it turns out everyone. Oh, there's also this fucking John wick ass thing where there's a, radio station that is just for the gangs that is encoded messages, uh-huh. uh, where they play songs that kind of tell the story where they're like one of these gangs is having a tough time getting home because of the thing that happened in the Bronx. So here's a song for them. It's like nowhere to run. Um, (laughs) So yeah, it's this weird, very highly stylized. It's really just all style. It's nothing but style. Almost sci-fi feeling like almost Mad Maxi feeling. Yeah. Um, movie about this gang trying to get home some of them die like it's the stakes become very high yeah it is not a like it is not a like rough and tumble we're gonna get like arrested or punched it's like people die in this world um and then that's yeah that's the that's the movie they 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 make uh nice with the girl who wanted to kill them and uh the main guy and then what happens at the end it's like they get back to coney island and then the dude is there and he does the warriors come out and play yay Mm -hmm. and then what happens after that do they just like kill him what happens uh no actually they start rumbling Mm. on the beach at coney island um and uh the riffs show up and they basically have like a weird tribe the riffs are like hundreds of dudes all black guys in like cool black clothes with basically black panthers without the hat yeah um and um i don't really it's not very clear how they decide that the rewards are telling the truth but they're like we didn't kill him he we all saw him kill him yeah and he just like blamed us for it and then the main leader of the riffs who some of the most fucking awesome shots in the movie are him just like staring directly at the camera and then another guy in like perfect 
uh, focus leaning into <laughs> whisper in his ear. Yeah. Amazing stuff. Um, but he's just like, you guys are the real thing. And then they just like take uh, Jerry Horn and they're like, and he's like, no, no, no. Uh, but then, yeah, they like fuck him up. Damn. And that's the end. They, they get home safe and everyone knows that Jerry Horn killed the guy. And uh, that's it. They basically win, even though they, they, they lose windows and um, his name isn't windows. It's Fox. They but lose a couple guys, right? They lose one guy to death. Yeah. Fox dies from a train getting run over by a train and um the shitty guy who looks like andy samberg when he smiles who's gonna rape that girl ends up getting arrested by the cops and yeah, i think, I think like that's the guy who i met you i met, met that guy i met two of the guys um and it was very funny i met them at a tattoo convention that i did stand up at and <laughs> <laughs> i have like a i have a, an autographed picture of him somewhere that was a, a trade for um some hard times merch <laughs> oh he liked it yeah he, well he knew the hard times and uh because he's just on this circuit it, it's like one of the most pathetic things i've ever Uh-oh. seen in my life is <laughs> just this like is the warrior circuit the warriors guy as just this like aged man who just like his whole life is just like he's on like the tattoo circuit and like just general like he goes to like comic conventions and sci-fi conventions horror conventions <laughs> tattoo conventions anywhere that he can set up a booth and sell autographed pictures of himself weird is he an artist no no he j- literally is just th- one of the guys from the warriors he's not even the main guy he's no. like a side dude who just well, he's like the main antagonist within the group he's like who made you leader he's the he's like the kind of buff one who's really italian looking yeah um, super italian yeah, yeah. but he's not the guy who's the funny one Who's like, uh, oh, I like, like the the guy when they when they meet the Lizzies. He's uh-huh. like the one who's like these bitches are cool, and he thinks he's gonna I get laid. Don't really remember uh, <laughs> anything about him except that I remember him because he. The reason why I even talked to him is because he looked exactly like my friend Joe Noza, and I was like, <laughs> I need to get an autographed picture of this guy because I've been saying this for like literal decades that he looks just <laughs> like my friend, and I was like, all right, man, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get a picture of you. Yeah. And he was like, all right, well, trade me a T-shirt. And I was like, all right, great, perfect. <laughs> that is sad. Um, but no, the Warriors was a... I was initially uh, excited that there was going to be some sort of political commentary mm-hmm. and that there was going to have something interesting to say. Nope. It does not. has nothing to say Liter- about anything, <laughs> <laughs> politics or otherwise. Like, there's nothing about to say. gangs, about... Nope. Women, the about human condition, nothing, nothing. It, zero. All they have to say is cool outfits, huh? Fun time, fantastically cool outfits. And the thing is, it kind of works. Oh yeah, well, you definitely don't leave it being like, what did I just spend well, my time you know, doing? The thing is, is that it ends up like I. It's it's disappointing that what they were up in the Bronx to do was something that seemed really cool and then yeah. everyone abandons it that's a little disappointing but besides that getting them just a movie where nine friends nine like boys have to go from the bronx to coney island with a bunch of people trying to kill them it's a good setup yeah and it works and then you get these sort of like boss fights and and i will say it, it it's not choreographed like john wick like it's not choreographed with intense fighting it's very 70s american where Mm -hmm. it's like mostly about good photography where there'll be like 
cuts before the hits. There's but but the choreography the choreography is really inventive. There's a lot of different weapons. There's a lot of different scenarios yeah. where they're in a bathroom or they're in the woods with bats or they're, you know, there's like sometimes one person will have a gun or they'll have knives or whatever. And that ends up being really fun to watch. The action is very competent, I'll say. But I think what a lot of it is, is the tension. Yeah. Uh, there's like, you know, one of the gangs that is on roller skates, he's just like, at, like, slaloming down the subway yes, line yes, yes. and it's like tense you're like well who's this guy what and then they like there's this whole scene where they keep getting separated and they keep like not knowing where they are and then like all five of them that are looking for their main leader guy like show up right as soon as like that is about to happen and he just like looks at them and there's all this like wordless planning that starts happening and you're and they're like looking at each other and like doubting and like it's all it's so nicely done. Yeah. Um, and that tension really works and you're really invested in them getting home, even though And it's funny it, with, they're not like, really great characters. Yeah, <laughs> you barely know anything about them. The the thing that's fun is that because it takes place in New York and like because yeah. you're on the subway and like you're in these places, like there's so many times where they're able to use the same exact fake out where you're just like, is this just like a weird New York character? Yeah, no. Yeah. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> it's a theme. It's a theme. <laughs> <laughs> There's more of that guy. Uh oh. <laughs> oh no! It's the guy with the trench coat and his dick out gang. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! It's the drunk old black guy with one arm gang. <laughs> <laughs> they all cut their arms off. <laughs> <laughs> oh no it's the <laughs> it's the fat hawaiian shirt guy <laughs> that one actually happens <laughs> uh, and oh it, it's the catty gay guy gang <laughs> it's it's the just came back from a really late night at the drag show gang <laughs> Um, yeah, but it, it is a very fun time. A lot of that shit is very inventive. It feels like a video game. So yeah. I, I had a good time with it. It's it's definitely worth watching. Yeah, good ass movie. If you haven't, I mean, if you're listening to the show, you probably seen the Warriors. But maybe it's, you haven't. But I haven't. So yeah. you know, it, it was really interesting. I mean, it was, and and it reminded me a lot of how different it was because of the movie we watched. Mm. Because New York wasn't really like that. It was much different. Uh, because I just watched Style Wars. Yes. Which is the movie we're talking about this week. Yes. The movie is Style Wars. Style Wars. Which is, 1982. I think, God, one of the first movies I think Jeremy ever suggested we watch. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy likes this movie Love quite a bit. Love this movie. Um, Big fan. Seen it a bunch of times. 1983, directed by Tony Silver. It's a documentary on quote unquote hip hop culture. It's really more about graffiti. It's mostly about graffiti. It occasionally will pop in on like rap and and uh, break dancing, but like for the most part, this is a graffiti movie. And what's funny is like it's it's not really because it's like trying to touch all of these things. It's because it's such a good documentary about people mm-hmm. and like these kids are kids in the 80s of course yes. they're gonna know about dancing and, and, and well it's a, it is a hip-hop movie in that it is one of the earliest like attempts of somebody from like white america to like 
document and make sense of and and try to actually like take seriously hip-hop culture as it was at the time which was sort of a a like tri-discipline sort of thing like hip-hop was yeah rap and b-boy and and, and and break dancing yeah um and yeah i mean i i saw this movie for the first time when i was in high school and i was first getting into graffiti and it's in the 90s high school is so, that not the 90s no 2000s 2000s okay <laughs> we're not how that old, old. Are we? how old are we yeah. 2000s um early 2000s yes no i think my first year in high school was the year 2000 or 1999 so no yeah i graduated high school in 2004 for sure i was a class of 04 so yeah you were in 2000 anyway the point is right at the end of the 90s yeah yeah the point is uh yeah i saw this movie when i was very young i've seen it again a bunch of times since then um something i revisit fairly often not only because of the uh cool old new york and the, the big draw cool classic graffiti but also very cool trains <laughs> Uh, a lot, a lot for a Jeremy to like about this movie. <laughs> it's really, true, actually, <laughs> it's no, got a lot of the pieces. Yeah, no, I uh, was very fascinated about trains when I moved here, and I learned a lot about the lines and which mm-hmm. lines used to exist, and the cars they have now, and how they have two manufacturers for the different numbers yep. and the letters. So yeah, I, I, I've I've always been very fascinated with the MTA. And there is a lot about that in this movie. Lots. Um, which is funny. Okay, so this movie begins on Ed Koch. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I think it it begins on a police officer, some asshole who's like, graffiti sucks oh, it's and the, is bad. It's the head of the law enforcement like wing of the MTA. So he's not really a cop, but he probably oh. has a background as a cop. And he does like the law enforcement wing of the MTA. And he's like, he's like, you see this? This is fucking graffiti and it sucks and I hate it. I hate it. I'm so mad about this. So, so so the thing that I find fascinating about this movie is structurally it starts off very much like the killing of America. It yes. starts off very much like it's like they call it graffiti and it's a sign of the decay of New York. And look at this cop. He hates it. And look <laughs> at Mayor Ed Koch. He hates it too. He's a it fucking sucks. idiot. Yeah. It's destroying the city. And then it's like, anyway, um, so uh everybody uh feeling good about that all right now we're just gonna look at a lot of cool shit and we're gonna just not at all push back against it and for like the next like 45 minutes it's just yeah. like here's all the cool graffiti here's the cool people who make it here's all the cool shit happening it's around very it. cool they then occasion they then will for like a second they're just like by the way yeah they'll cut back to ed Koch or that asshole yeah and be like and they're like ruin the city yeah it's, it's, a, fucking, it's awful. a fucking quality of life thing and like yeah. we should put up razor wire and whatever he's like they should put up razor wire <laughs> <laughs> and they're like okay we've done our requisite yeah. five minutes back to how cool is back the graffiti. to scene versus cap <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly well what's what i i was really a bit worried mm-hmm. when the movie starts and it's back to back that asshole and that Ed Koch. And yeah. I'm like, what is this? But then, like you say, we go to God. What is the kid's name? I don't know any of their names except for Scene and Cap. Oh no, you know a couple more. 
uh, you get to know the the kid whose mom is saying how bad it is. Yeah, she's His the only name. relatable negative voice, by the way. She's the only person who's like anti-graffiti who I'm like, I get it. I well, get you. Well, she's just worried he's going to get arrested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is... And she's just like it's shitting not- on him the whole time, just like fucking roasting the way that he's talking about it. Just like, all <laughs> city, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking loser. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Yeah, you get to know his name. It's like Meech or something. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, but basically, we we go to him, I think, first. Yeah, he's somebody that we come back to a lot. And he is... Um, he, he basically explains the sort of fun hierarchy and, and world of graffiti, which yeah. is that... You know, it's about writing your name. It's about creating art. But it's also about the sort of fun game that yeah. they've made up, which is getting your tag or piece on every train line. Yeah, it's getting one piece city. on every line. They don't really do a great job of explaining this, but like the proper rules of going all city used to be that you had a piece on every tr- on, on, Scheme. on one train of every line at the same time. Yeah, they can't count. get erased. It didn't count if one got erased. Right, yeah. Uh, which I've, I've, so there's a movie that I've told Jeremy about uh, at some point. It's like All Train? Whole Train. Whole Train. And it's a movie, it's, it's, it's a fictionalized version of this movie, mm-hmm. uh, which I didn't know when I saw it. Um, but it's, it's, they're, they're all speaking a different language. So I don't know if it's, I think it's in New York, but mm-hmm. they're trying to cover a whole train with, with, with graffiti right um which i don't think is as important to these people considering they're all covered in graffiti yeah i was gonna say Uh, like it does not seem like it's that hard for them to get the whole train yeah they can but whatever city that that movie is in uh that's the big deal um and it's like this whole complete piece or whatever um but it's a very similar type of movie um especially when cap enters the sequence yes uh so cap is a dickhead lp looking motherfucker (laughs) just absolute dickhead (laughs) yeah a huge white asshole who looks like he should be playing football for like the d leagues uh he's got like a mullet and a blonde mustache yeah and he's just like i like to write over other people's work yeah and he's just like it's not about creativity it's not about how cool it looks I just put my name on everything. Yeah. And he writes the word cap in a kind of cool font. Yeah, he's got he's he's got a classic bomb. It's not that crazy, but it's not, you know, it's not bad. He definitely knows how to do it. He knows how to do it. He's not, yeah, he's not a complete, like, farce. Yeah. Or a pretender, but he is an asshole. Yes. And he just finds, I mean, he's not, doesn't seem like he's doing it exactly on purpose, but he's just like, I don't care. No, he is. is. He's doing it on purpose because he says that, um, he says that if somebody like disrespects him or his friends, then he will paint over everything they do forever. And like, there's oh, nothing you can do once you disrespect him. There's nothing you can do to take it back. So it's forever. <laughs> well, how do you disrespect him? That's never made clear, <laughs> but whatever it is, if you do something, to dis- Oh, you know what it is? They say, um, if you cover up one of his bombs, then oh, he so, considers that disrespect. So, so he, you can't cover up him, but he'll cover up you. So so there's a hierarchy of pieces, right? And there's yeah. there's tag bomb piece, right? And a tag is is right. a single line, you know, yep. like like you see on the back door of the train, right? Yeah. Uh single line work. 
A bomb is two colors where you do bubble letters, give it an outline, that's it. And the piece, the burners, as they call them in the 70s and 80s, the burners are like the big, crazy, multicolor, like you spent like a whole fucking day doing it, maybe more. Um, and, and and they talk about it. They're just like, they're like, look, if there's a bomb on a train, I'm not going to not do a burner on the train. Like, you're allowed to cover up a bomb to do something crazy. Uh-huh. You're just allowed to do that. Okay. You know, <laughs> like it's the bomb is like, because even Cap says like, Bombs aren't about quality. They're about quantity. You want yeah. to get a lot of them out there. So there's an understanding that you can put a colorful piece over it, right? But he is a fucking psycho. <laughs> so he's like, you covered up one of my bombs. I'm going to bomb over everything you do forever. <laughs> yeah, that guy sucks. He sucks so I goddamn much. <laughs> so much. I thought I was being a little hard on him. No, you aren't. You got, you, got the the like, you got the message. You got the message of the movie. I like, I hate him as much less than Coach Koch, uh-huh. but almost as much. <laughs> yeah, he absolutely sucks. He sucks. And but it doesn't so, seem like he hangs out with like. I mean, maybe it's just how the movie was, but like he didn't seem like he had a crew. He had like one dude who's there with him, but no, it seems like he's he's, he's kind of his own thing. And but then they they don't really explore a lot of this stuff because from what I understand like the production of this was like there was like a set time period that the guy was was hanging out with these people and then after that time period it was just kind of like so the, Taki, the project's over. Cat is your cat was named after Taki, yeah? Uh, yes. Uh-huh. This Taki, um, <laughs> not those chips. No, well, I mean a little bit of both. Okay. Um, <laughs> but um, uh. What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So, as I understand it, the production was like a pretty tight little time period where he was working with these guys. So, a lot of these plot lines that feel like they don't go anywhere are because, like, the guy had to leave. Yeah, and, yeah. And um, one of those that doesn't go anywhere is that they me- they make mention of this a few times, that Scene is friends with Cap at the beginning. Oh. Like, the the people are all saying, like, when they're all meeting at the, uh, at the bench to talk about this, and they're all just like, we gotta fucking, we gotta beat this dude's ass, because he's a piece the of shit. The black and white, like, night vision one? Yeah. They're like, we gotta beat this dude's ass, we gotta, like, roll deep in his neighborhood and, like, find him and fuck him up. That seemingly should have gone somewhere <laughs> like you want to yeah, you yeah. want to pay that off but i guess the guy just ran out of time and whatever but then like the other PBS thing yes documentary right yeah, like yeah, he yeah. got funding from the state basically <laughs> but the other thing is that uh you you expect that this will pay off at some point that they mention like you know scene is friends with this guy scene knows him and they're like scene what the fuck and scene is like look man like you know, I stay out of this stuff. Like this drama is not my drama. Like that dude, I know him. We're friends, whatever. Like he doesn't paint over my shit. Like I got no fucking problem with him, whatever. And then there's that, you know, they're working on the big wall, right? Yeah. And then they show it up for a day and then they show a day later, there's a cap tag over it. And that's over, that's over the scene one. And it's just a tag. It looks like shit. It looks like shit. So that seemingly was supposed to have then been like the betrayal where then, you see scene kind of like join them and be like, Hey, come on. Like, yeah, yeah. All right. Let's we got to fuck fucking this get guy this guy. Yeah. <laughs> let's kill him. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't seem like exactly what they're saying. Like they're like, let's fuck up his stuff or like maybe beat him up. Just beat him up. Beat his ass. Yeah. Stop <laughs> fucking There's with our a shit. bunch of you. You could absolutely do it. He's not that big. <laughs> <laughs> he's not even big at all. He looks like a little manlet. No, he looks like he's probably he's pretty tall. Big. You think he looks pretty tall. Yeah. He looks husky. Yeah. But I, he, there's like no one to compare him to because he's always alone. He looks like he's blind to me. He always looks like, like he's kind of like looking like, off at something. 
<laughs> he does kind of look blind. Um, but yeah, uh, so that's one thing. There's also the one-armed guy. What's that guy's name? Um, I don't know. But he has uh, a guy with one arm. Case, we follow a case bit. two, I think. Yeah, yeah case, two. case two. Case two uh, has a guy, is a guy who... Um, he like lost his arm in like an electrical accident. Man, his shit rocks yeah his work is amazing Mm -hmm. and according to wikipedia it says he sort of popularized the computer rock like wild style where it all looks like the sort of old old school 80s like digital stuff but like stretched and like yeah the stuff he's drawing in his notebooks is so awesome um yeah the thing that's really like displayed really well in this movie is like how much innovation was happening in graffiti at that time and like how much stuff was like just like because of like the seemingly infinite access people had to trains at that time (laughs) like they they talk about it all the time in this where they're like they're like you know train rolls into the yard on friday and then it doesn't come back out again until monday so you have the whole weekend if you can get in and get out and not get caught you have the whole weekend to just like pop in there paint and leave and pop in paint again and leave and like you can like really get some crazy work done and they show like these big collaborative pieces between like five six seven artists across a whole fucking train absolutely nuts yeah and like when they show like the sequence of scenes work you can see all the different like all the different ways he's imagined and reimagined how to paint a train with your name on it (laughs) like all the different permutations of this idea of like sometimes it's like wild and arrows and like 3d and sometimes it's like hands holding each of the letters and whatever (laughs) like they're you know inventing what ended up being a lot of uh text art yeah. in general like i mean some of them are clearly referencing like warhols like pop art and stuff mm-hmm. um and you know i think herring was like lightly a part of this after right before he died um like taking that into the art world um and you see a little bit of that in this movie mm-hmm. um there's a part in which other graffiti artists who you haven't talked to yeah are having some sort of gallery show where they're, well, they're like their older work. it seems like yeah 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 um i didn't know any of the names but it doesn't seem to be like the originators right um but they're sort of like trying to make m- money off of this stuff and like sell canvases with uh someone said like crease or something yeah um it's a pretty common. I mean, you can buy like nowadays you can buy, I mean, you could buy scenes work pretty. Yeah. No, um, I mean, I'm not pretty readily I'm not talking shit on it, but it, it's, uh, it's interesting because they're like recognizing that they can commodify it, but don't actually understand how or whatever. And yeah. that's where all the, uh, it's funny because that's where all like the, the white women are. Like mm-hmm. there's only a couple white women in the movie and they're all in the gallery and they're yeah. like, it's pretty cool. It's like, yeah, they're like, it's like you peeled it off of the train yeah, <laughs> and you can put it in your home. Yeah. Um, it's pretty weird. Um, but it, it's such a fascinating document of this specific time and place Yeah, where there was all of this energy and imagination happening among people who didn't have any money yeah and they weren't being arrested on mass yet or like the political will was being shaped yeah. by things like what they're you know they're showing like ed Koch being like well we gotta we can't have this and they're trying to f- 
every there's a couple scenes in the movie where they're trying to tie it to the violence that's happening in the city mm-hmm. and multiple times they capture the graffiti guys saying um you know the, the the graffiti writers saying like we're not hurting anyone yeah like, it's in our best interest not to hurt anybody yeah there's guys who are crazy who are stabbing people who are raping people on the train why aren't they fucking with those people why yes. are they fucking with us that's the most fascinating thing about this document yeah. is is it's like it, it's this time period of New York. It's like you have so many big, like they talk about how graffiti is like a quality of life issue for people in the city. It's like, who cares? Who, like how many bigger quality of life issues do you have in the eighties in New York? Are you yeah. fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah. The this Bronx, is 1982. The like, Bronx is a third world country. Yeah, the Lower East point. Side is a third world country yeah. at that point. Like parts of Manhattan that you consider now to be like bougie, expensive, like impossible to obtain areas are like like you read like the the uh, john joseph from the chromags his his uh <laughs> autobiography you hear the way that he talks about the lower east side you're like holy fucking shit there were just like <laughs> blocks that you just would get murdered if you walked down because it's just like it's all abandoned and there's one guy who lives there and he likes to murder people and, like that's just what shit was like back then and yeah. you got ed Koch with the fucking nerve to be like to be like it's a quality of life thing you know people pay taxes to live in the city yeah and like we talked about on was it last episode rent yeah uh, a couple episodes ago when, when we talk about um, rent like these houses are abandoned and decaying and like they're like there's buildings that are being sold off to people for no money just to like get just get off the city's books yeah Uh, yeah like it's like everything is in fucking disarray and this is what they are trying to do just because they're trying to arrest more people yeah Uh, well and they're trying to like they're trying to maintain the the appearance of control and to be able to like it's like a it's a small problem that you can fix more easily that you can then point to and be like, look, we're doing something. Right. You know, look at us. We're like, we're fixing the city. We're fixing things up. You know, it, it's much easier to tackle like the kids with the spray paint cans than it is to, you know, to tackle like landlords burning down the building because it's cheaper for them than to own the building. Right. Uh, and, and it's just, honestly, like I loved, I loved watching this movie. It was, it's a very good documentary. I mean, it, I have to like knock at a couple of points just for being a PBS documentary that feels the need to give Ed Koch like yeah. free reign to not to say whatever he wants and then push back. I mean, he's the and I'd say like a fucking New York, but if I was going to give like, it a negative, like any negative hits, I'd say like, it's a little aimless at times. I think there's definitely yeah. some times where it's just like, what, what is this doing here? And like, what, <laughs> this doesn't pay off anywhere. It doesn't really like lead to anything in particular. It's not really structured like anything except yeah. for just like a bunch of vignettes of what's happening. Um, where it's like the, the breakdancing sequence, um, uh-huh is fun but it's like it kind of it's it's like (laughs) everything in this movie feels half-heartedly like they're trying to do a real documentary but it's only an hour long and um it's very short and they uh it it all feels like like you said they they just dropped it because it's like they start they introduce the breakdancing kids like halfway through yeah and then they're like and then there's a big thing and then it's like, do they win? No, they all win. Whatever. Who cares? Yeah. And then they just like move on. It's It feels almost like he had a bigger idea. It's yeah. like he had this like grander idea of like this real anthropological approach to dissecting like what was happening in hip hop at the time and in, in this like urban culture that was happening. 
and then like he just didn't have the ability and like the the production didn't work out and like they only were giving him an hour to work with on pbs or whatever this aired on yeah or whatever. time and money got in the way and yeah. he had to like cut it short and i mean it would have been fantastic to like get another hour of this you know yeah. like i'd love to see a two-hour documentary of 1983's style wars but it doesn't it just lend it lends it goes off there um and it's a shame, but it's what 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 is there? There's like real gold in it, I think. Yes. Um, it's a really bittersweet movie. At, watching this in 2021 felt sad because it's yeah. like you know, Case Two died of just some illness at like 50. You know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You know, none of these people like. I mean, I guess scene I think has gotten sort of popular and he's, and I mean, like, he has some level of recognition, but like there's no graffiti artist who's like doing incredible, you know, it's like, like Shepard Fairey, Shepard Fairey, Banksy, like all this, like very, but that's the thing about like the, str- the, you know, bougie street art thing that happened in the early two thousands is it's like, that was very sellable because that's yeah. very replicable. It's very like, it's the kind of thing that, you know, you're doing screen prints onto paper and then taping that to the wall. Like, yeah, you can then just put that on a poster if you wanted to mm-hmm. like a stencil can be put onto a piece of paper pretty easily. It's like the problem with like, the, like tags are inherently like not very easily commodifiable because it's just like that's just somebody's name they wrote in a cool way <laughs> yeah and it's like it's if you're into that sort of thing it's very sick i uh i still like i mean i haven't done graffiti in i mean like 15 years at least you don't do graffiti no i don't really like i mean i can't now i mean like <laughs> why not because if i got arrested there's like major consequences for my family you're not gonna get arrested <laughs> I've been tagging shit for fucking eight years. <laughs> I have I, I have a kid who I can't I can't like get arrested and not You're get not home for. Get, I, but I don't do really do it on trains. I just like write it in safe places. I'm not like trying to like right. Yeah, I but guess what I, I mean have is, like, I I have. But but what I mean is like I haven't done graffiti in like you know fifteen some odd years. But like I still will like look at a I'll look at a bomb on the wall and I'll be I'll nice. like, critique yeah. it and I'll like I'll be like oh look his like line is pretty clean there it's a little messy over there like I would there's a guy who writes my old name there's what was a guy your old name? Jet J E T oh yeah yeah and and there's a guy in our area who writes Jet and it makes me so happy every time <laughs> i see it every time i see jet somewhere i'm just like hey my guy my fucking <laughs> guy like you and me yeah and i like <laughs> see i'll see like ones that clearly he did a little while ago and some that are more recent and i'm like he's really getting like his his lines are getting nice and crisp like you can tell <laughs> his hands moving a lot faster like it's really nice to see that's man. great it makes me really like very very <laughs> happy to see <laughs> yeah i uh when i first moved here in a little in when in north carolina mm-hmm like I was tagging every single thing I saw, mm-hmm. um, you know, carry a bag full of like markers and spray paint or whatever. And right. just like tagging everything. Well, I always, um, the other thing is I always notice you got this like big fat chisel marker over here that I, I see it every time I'm here. I'm just like, Hmm, that would be good. It's, em- <laughs> it's empty. I used it all up, oh. uh, but I have a bunch of them. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I had silver and black and white mm-hmm. and I would have those, that per- specific chisel marker and just like, drippy ass tags everywhere right. and i had a i had a couple stencils i had one that was like a sewer like a new york city sewer grate stencil mm-hmm. and i had one in a bag that i could like spray paint on the floor like pretty clandestinely oh yeah yeah you cut it into the bottom of a paper bag yeah mm-hmm. it's just like an empty you'd like 
sew it to the bottom of it and then just yeah um you can put it on the sidewalk um but yeah i haven't done anything that crazy uh i I, i'm not a very good artist (laughs) so i never did anything no bombs just tags uh just because it's fun um and then you know you'll do it in front of someone like i've seen that everywhere (laughs) uh and that's fun um but i've never experienced this kind of uh fucking community around it yeah and that's what's so sad is that i feel like when by 2010 you know when i moved here it just felt like the only people who were doing it and taking it seriously were like trying to become the next shepherd fairy mm-hmm. and on my block in yeah i mean at the, in that style at least i mean like pe- writers are still exactly like this yeah as far as i, I know i never like, met any of them i mean when i was a kid writers were exactly like this and i mean my buddy rufa is like still pretty in this scene like he doesn't write anymore but he like he used to do a comedy show at like a graffiti store at like one of those places that sells like the specialty cans and caps and whatever. Oh, yeah. and, like he used to do a show there. And so he knows a lot of writers still. It's still exactly like this. Oh, like, fun. I mean, you're, you don't have this level of access to trains anymore because of like surveillance culture and whatever. Like it's much harder to get into a yard. And even if you could, the, the MTA is like able to take trains off of the line the moment they get spray painted and, and, and just clean them. And, and that's the fucking priority. Uh, I mean, it's like, I guess they like the. I feel like it is, and that's why like a big thing. Like I feel like they spent a ton of money making sure no trains have spray paint on mm-hmm. them, and like it destroyed. They spent zero money on infrastructure. Yeah, it's it's a very <laughs> stupid expenditure of money, in in my opinion, obviously. But like the they tra- also have a million trains, so it's like yeah, yeah. it's it, there's no interruption of service that happens. It's it's you a very interesting. No, no, it's genuinely <laughs> like I can tell you with with absolute certainty. They're literally when they um, when COVID hit and they they tried to take like trains off of the lines and like reduce service and whatever because nobody was taking the trains anymore. The biggest problem they had was that there wasn't enough yard space. They literally have too many trains to fit on all the yards in in the city. Oh, and like, have you ever seen like the one out in Coney Island? It's yeah. like huge. It's endlessly <laughs> yeah, it's like vast. Football fields. Yeah. yeah, like they have so many trains that they can't fit them on all of the rail yards that they have. That's so crazy. I mean, there's enough trains that like you could like take like 20, 30 trains off the line without even like feeling it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, the one thing I wanted to say uh, before we wrap up is uh, one my favorite scene in mm-hmm. this whole movie is Case Two, and I think Scheme is there. I can't remember, but it's a couple of the guys. And what they're looking at is a poster on the subway for Beastmaster. Uh-huh. And they're like, they're like looking at the lettering of the movie. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. and they're like, oh, look how these like, gl-, like they're analyzing it. And then he like points at the lady's tits. He's like, see that? <laughs> That's Frank Franzetta. <laughs> And that's awesome because it's like these guys are just nerds. Yes, they're just fucking nerds who like art, mm-hmm. and they just want to do art. And yeah. there's no other way that they can get gallery space. They can't get any their art in front of anyone else, except doing it on trains. And even if they could, like part of it is that they don't want to. They don't care to. It's not about that for them. Like, there's a great scene where um, there's two great scenes that I think are like that perfectly encapsulate this it's it's the scene where the kid is talking about how he doesn't do this for the public he does this for 
himself and he does this for other artists yeah like the idea is scheme when saying that yeah and he's saying like he's saying like i i i get it into crazy places for my own satisfaction it makes me feel good to get into a train yard like sneak in somewhere get up onto a high building get up onto a big billboard like (laughs) it's it's fun it's adrenaline inducing but it's also just like it's a sense of satisfaction to be like i actually managed to get my ass up there get the whole thing done and not get caught and then he and then he also says in a later scene where he's like he's like i don't give a shit if nobody can fucking read it you know wild style is all about that the wild style graffiti is literally trying to aggressively be like i don't give a fuck if you can read it artists can read it the other writers can read it and that's all that matters they know who it is it's like a secret (laughs) it's a secret language that we speak with each other it's like heavy metal like it's like metal logos yeah yeah yeah, exactly (laughs) it's it's not for you if you don't listen to this shit yeah you know which one it is (laughs) you know what we sound like don't worry about it (laughs) yeah and it's awesome and uh it's yeah it's a bittersweet movie because it's so fun and Mm -hmm. so cool and you just want them to be able to do it there's another part of me that's like if people weren't mad at them and people weren't trying to stop them they probably wouldn't be having as much fun and wouldn't be as much exactly yes absolutely but at the same time i don't want them to go to prison i don't want them to go to jail i don't want them i don't want broken windows to happen because like in a couple of years giuliani comes in does broken windows Mm -hmm. and probably a lot of these kids had to stop or or are still in prison like yes for, i'm sure a lot of these kids are in prison so, and um, that's that's horrific and awful but there's the one sequence where they talk to the older artists who are like who are like we approached the mta and we had a whole thing with them where we were just like let us paint a whole car like every single part of it let's paint the inside let's paint the outside let us do our work like for real no you know no problems and let's just fucking run it and let's see what people think you know let's yeah. put a fucking put a little box in there let people vote and see what they think and the mta guys like who the fucking balls to be fucking saying that shit to <laughs> me like, no fuck you and there's the part of me that's like yeah i mean sure there's some thrill to like trying to get away with it but i also think there's a lot of satisfaction that's just in the craft and i think that yeah. for sure like the people who are bombing, it's all about the thrill. The people who are doing burners, I think they would be oh, happy yeah, to, like, just wants to, to just like, paint. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know those guys. Like, those, there's a couple guys who run a, like you were saying, the store with the, like, the mm-hmm. special tips. And they've got the cool, like, uh, they'll, you know, they keep their wall. They own that building. Yeah. yeah. And they're just like every week or whatever they have a new person do a burner or whatever yeah, yeah. it's just like people just want to like take a bunch of time and do art yeah um and that's a part of it too so it's a bunch of people doing the same style of art for lots of different reasons and then you've got fucking asshole cap who'd walk by in the middle of the night and be like cap sucks we hate cap if this is an anti-cap podcast <laughs> yeah, absolutely if you are a graffiti writer and you act like that don't talk to me yeah ever the other the other interesting thing about this um is how multiracial it is yeah how like how mixed and diverse the group of people who get into graffiti is in this movie is very unique. there isn't a sense of like this especially with the graffiti because the breakdancing seems like a pretty it's pretty much black kids and and like one latino kid we see right and but graf- the, the rapping we see is mostly black people but the graffiti seems like the crew like the main crew who's like anti-cap and they're like having that meeting is just like very diverse yeah it's like it's like a very even mix like a 50 50 (laughs) split of like 
you know, <laughs> black guys, Latino guys, uh, white guys, you know, no women. <laughs> um, zero women. Zero women. Although they do mention that some of the very original, like with Taki and yeah, yeah. Uh, the other guy with the, they all had numbers back then. Yeah, yeah it was um, your street number. Yeah, like two of them were just like Deb or something, you mm-hmm. know, like two girls who like, Taki one eighty three, I believe. Taki one eighty three, um, and then yeah, two of them who's were just women, like a but, really funny, like extremely Greek looking guy. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. What was the? I can't remember the girl's name. It was like Rachel or something. Yeah. It was just like her tag was just Rachel with like numbers. Uh, so like they exist. Uh, and they're around, but they don't talk to them in this movie. But yeah, very interesting that like it was such a uh, yeah diverse little crew of people in the eighties, just being like, we're all into art, we're all good at it. Like, what? Why would there be a problem? Because <laughs> we're all poor. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, it's a it's a fascinating little window into this very specific thing that and great accents. Oh yeah! Incredible oh, accents. Yeah. So big many accent. good ones. Big. Everybody's got a big accent. <laughs> yeah, scene especially. Scene is hilarious. The little, the little runty is kid like, is so funny. He's like, no, 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 no brown on this piece. No brown on this Believe piece. Me. Believe me. Believe me. Believe <laughs> me. We're gonna do orange, yellow, a red. Little red. A here little red for out the here. Pop. Orange and yellow. All right. Let me show. Let me show you. Yeah. Believe me. <laughs> And there's the little runty kid with like the sweater vest, who's just like oh, the with, this, with this Lucille ball haircut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He does little. He does little tags because he doesn't know how to do a burner. <laughs> it's like I'm learning. Yeah, it's a very cute movie. Yeah. it's an hour out of your time. Absolutely, watch it. Yes, uh, especially- and it's free. It's you can just watch oh, it, it on Vimeo. Yeah, it's just available. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, so I really enjoyed it. It's a it's you know it's not a perfect documentary but it feels like a definitive statement on this time and place and you're not going to get that there's nothing else like like it yeah there's nothing else like it there's Um, this and wild style which sucks (laughs) (laughs) i've never seen it wild style is is half documentary half um, fiction half fiction and it just like kind of sucks okay so check it out style wars 1983 um anyway that's the show that's it we highly recommend it Thanks so much for listening. This has been Generation Loss. Uh, if you'd like to hear more of our show, as we said at the beginning, yeah, we do a weekly bonus episode, generally talking about the movie news. Yeah, this week we talked about... Uh, Miles Teller. Miles Teller. And uh, movies getting pushed back again. Yeah, and... Uh, um, one uh, other thing uh, that was fun. Something else. Uh, Marvel movies. Black X-Men. <laughs> yeah, Black X-Men. And how it needs to happen. We need an X-Men movie where everybody's black yes uh and that you'll you'll find out why if you go to patreon.com slash generation loss and sign up for our lovely little patreon bonus episodes you get that and you also get access to the discord where we show you the movies we're going to talk about on monday otherwise see you next time see you next time Bye. rise if you're sleeping stay awake we are young supernovas and the heat's about to break Who will rise and who will sing Who's going to stand his ground and who's going to blink 
surge forward from Van Cortlandt Park Like frightened sheep Spirit throngs that hoist us high Three thousand warriors deep Spray our dreams on any surface Where the paint will stick Try to time the rhythm Listen for the click Sleeping, say